Hello again, this is David Papa, the personal injury guru. I am here today with an orthopedic specialist. His name is Dr. Bonsal. He works at CSI, and I'm sure you've heard that name if you've seen my other podcasts. Um, I had a nurse here, Mandy from CSI, and Dr. Agab from CSI. And uh, today, you're gonna learn a little bit about orthopedics as it relates to knees and shoulders. And that's very, very important because a lot of people, when they get into automobile accidents, you'll find, or trip and falls, slip and falls, you'll find that they have problems with their knees and their shoulders. And what I'm gonna to try to talk to Dr. Bonsal today about is the different types of knee injuries. I know I've heard, you've heard the term meniscus tear, you've heard the terms ACL, and having a lot of pro athletes have ACL reconstruction, you've heard the term knee replacement, and you've certainly heard about shoulder injuries, whether it's torn labrums, you can have rotator cuff injuries and tears, and different things of that nature. And my goal today is to have the expert in that field sit here and talk to you and explain the different types of injuries and the conservative treatments, and then of course the surgical treatments that they will perform to fix you. And of course, following up with physical therapy, making sure that you're as good as you can get. And he's got great bedside manners, as everyone does at CSI. And what I'm gonna do without further ado is let's get this going on the Personal Injury Guru Show. This is the Personal Injury Guru Show with attorney David Papa. Okay, today on the Personal Injury Guru Show, you are going to now meet Dr. Monsal. How you doing, Doc? Morning, morning. I'm great, thank you. Excellent. If you wouldn't mind, just tell everyone out there that's uh, watching this and listening to it on podcast, um, your educational background and your special training and what you are. Yeah, my name is Mohit Bansal. I did my orthopedic surgery residency in Manhattan at uh, New York Medical College. I did a one-year fellowship in sports medicine at New Mexico Orthopedics and uh, been down here about 10 years. Uh, I also am an associate professor at University of South Florida in orthopedics and at the Nova Southeastern. Uh, I teach residents on a daily basis and I'm also the head orthopedic surgeon for the Tampa Bay Rowdies. Very cool. So you talk about the Tampa Bay Routers. I think that's exciting because a lot of people I know, they know football and they're into baseball and basketball, but soccer is up and coming sport, isn't it? It's amazing. Uh, the amount of money that's now being uh, placed into sports and soccer, specifically in the United States, I think ever since the World Cup in 1994, you know, now we have leagues, uh, you know, you have the MLS, you have the United Soccer League, which is the uh, league that the Tampa Bay Rowdies are in. And then there's a, also a a second division and a third division so you know these these kids are starting from early age and around here you have Tampa Bay United and uh, a bunch of other uh, club sport teams that are basically feeding into uh, teams like the Tampa Bay Rowdies who as you all know were Eastern Conference champions this past year and very right. proud of that and we have a great team this year it should be fun that's awesome and that's important to know because it's a local sports team and if you're going to be interested support the local sports teams i always say and as you are the team doctor you must see a lot of types of different injuries also yeah we uh you know we get hit with the injury bug from time to time and and uh, we've got a great uh, medical staff uh, you know uh, sports medicine family practice doctors as well as uh, a great athletic trainer and um 
the, the team itself, uh, the players take really good care of themselves. If conditioning coaches doing a great job with them. And then, of course, you know, Neil Collins, the head coach, is, is always very much a, a player's uh, uh, coach as opposed to, you know, just get back out there. It'll be fine. So Right, right. Um, definitely, they have, I think the, the players are, are well taken care of. Very good. And, um, of course, they're entrusting you to take care of their, their injuries, which we're going to start with now. Um, a lot of people hear about knee injuries. Let's start with the knee injuries. And I'm sure you've done many knee surgeries in your, in your time. Yeah, the, the knee is one of the most commonly injured joints, uh, specifically traumatic injuries. Um, you know, we slip and falls or car accidents or sports accidents. Um, you know, so we definitely, in, obviously in my, in my practice, pretty much see all joints, but uh, knee injuries are definitely the most common one. Okay, and when someone comes in with a knee injury, what types of tests do you like to perform on the knee to determine what the degree of the injury is? So uh, always basic exam. Uh, first thing, first thing is to do a basic physical exam. You can tell a lot about a patient's knee just by looking at their knee and kind of feeling their knee and special tests that we've learned in, you know, during our, our training. And then we'll start with a basic exam like an x-ray. And, you know, uh, the x-ray can also tell us quite a bit about what's been going on in their knee prior to this accident or injury or uh, what's going on now. Okay. And um, also, people talk about MRI as well. Is that also a tool that you use? Correct. So if there's, uh, if we have a concern that there may be something internally wrong, um, we want something a little bit more definitive, then MRI is a great way to go. There's also uh, now where we are looking into possibly doing a... Uh, uh, a microscope kind of take a look inside the joint where we can basically put a needle the size of a 16 gauge needle and actually get firsthand information without going through an MRI so it's something that's starting to uh, pop up in the area as well well I wish I would have known that because let me tell you something I have I, I know people have MRIs I don't like MRIs because of that claustrophobic feeling I mean, you're in a coffin. I mean, I call it what you want, but this new technology is very interesting. It's very, very. It's it's amazing what they're doing now with uh, with the technology. And like I said, this small camera, we can actually use it to do surgery. So really? Not only can you diagnose it, but even at that time, you can even, you know, a lot of it is insurance-based, but you may be able to actually do the procedure right then and there. Wow. Okay, so kind of give us more of a description of that and, and how you would do that type of, is it, it's, it's, it's minimally invasive, right? Correct. And do, is someone awake or are they asleep during this period? So um, with this type of procedure, what we call knee arthroscopy, it's where we make two small incisions, one on the inside part of the knee, one on the outside part of the knee. We'll typically do it with general anesthesia. It's just a little more comfortable for the patient. Um, you know, we'll put some local anesthetic as well, but the surgery itself, you know, it's minimally invasive. You can take a look at all different parts of the joint uh, from inside, look at the kneecap, look where the kneecap tracks, the inside part of the knee, the outside part of the knee. You can look at the meniscus, you can look at the ACL, the PCL, um, and really just basically do your whole surgery through those two small incisions. Wow, that's amazing. That's great technology. And you're obviously at the cutting edge of it, which is important for people to know. Yeah, we try and, you know, uh, being part of a residency, you got to be still on your toes because, you know, these uh, young doctors will, will challenge you every day. Well, because of the new technology that they're just first seeing, whereas if you've been out there practicing for a long time, you've got to keep up with it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you yeah. keep up with the courses and keep up with reading and the literature and, and uh, you know, basically being able to offer your patients the best of, that, of what's out there. Wow, that's amazing. And, and you know, I talked to you a bit before we, we started this interview about one of my favorite hockey players of all time, Bobby Orr, used to have 
gosh, his, his career was cut short because of the, you know, so probably approximately 20 surgeries that he had on his knee. But those, those surgeries back then in the 70s were different. Can you explain what the difference is and how we progressed? So the difference was technology. Um, you know, we were still learning what different parts of the knee did. And, and specifically, I, I remember, you know, patients that had meniscectomies performed where they had part of their meniscus taken out. You know, we did not realize back then exactly what the function was, and so a lot of surgeons were actually doing, you know, uh, a very large meniscectomy. You know that we know now that leads to arthritis, and so uh, these days where we have uh, better literature and and have studies on exactly uh, what we're doing, we're right. able to, you know, refine exactly what how much of the meniscus to take out, and have learned from our, our previous uh, I wouldn't call it mistakes, but our our growing pains. Sure. So. Wow, that's amazing. And they used to use just scalpels back then, right? That's right. They used to open them up. Uh, the very first arthroscope, I remember my, the chairman of my program, he said all they could do was put a little camera inside the knee, and that was it. You can take a look, but you can't do anything. But now we have instruments that you can actually microscopically um, take out little pieces of the meniscus. They're you know, two, three millimeters at a time, as wow. opposed to opening the whole knee and just you know, taking out the whole meniscus. And, of course, subjecting people to infection as well. Correct. Okay. Because I know that the, the infection was a big part of the problems before, right? Yeah, and, and now we've also, again, we've got better antibiotics. Um, you know, uh, most there are actually studies that say for arthroscopies you don't even need to give antibiotics. Wow. Because you're already washing the joint. So um, technology has definitely come a long way. All right, so you've got a camera that you put in. What's the other insertion? Is it like a device that, what, what does it look like or yeah. do? So the, the main device is the camera, which helps us to see different directions. And then we have shavers. We've got these little meniscal biters. We've got graspers. So they're all, you know, three, four millimeters in diameter and able to fit through an incision that's basically the size of, you know, just a small scalpel. Right. And um, the, the shaver devices have suctions on them, so they're actually sucking out some of the uh, debris that's in there and sucking out the meniscal tear so it's not all floating around in there. Um, and all this is done underwater. We pump the knee full of fluid, uh, and that helps us to prevent, you know, hitting the cartilage, articular cartilage and, and uh, helps us move around and glide around the joint a little better. Wow, that's that's amazing. Now, now obviously you're also. I always uh, I've seen photos and pictures of you guys looking through. I guess it, it, some type of a device that that helps you see better. I mean, is it what's it called? So all this uh, the, the camera is all projected on the TV screen. Okay. And that TV screen is you know, depending on what size your surgery center or the hospital has, it's I mean it can be right in front of your face. So you're basically playing a video game. Wow, that's amazing. Technology is crazy. Yeah. And I would like to say while we're talking about the knee surgery, I had an accident and Doc fixed my knee with that arthroscopic procedure and he did a hell of a job and it was painless. Uh, I woke up and I was a lot better. Thank you. Thank you. So that's really an amazing surgery. I, I appreciate it too. Yeah, my pleasure. Okay, so let's talk about a more serious injury. Uh, my son played baseball. He was a catcher and he had an ACL tear. It was so bad they had to do an ACL reconstruct. Have you have done, you've done that, I'm sure. Correct, correct. ACL, uh, ACL ruptures are, are very, very difficult uh, for, for players and athletes and even, you know, uh, patients that have had a history, uh, have had a traumatic injury from either car accidents or from slip and falls. 
the ACL is a ligament, it's called the anterior cruciate ligament, that uh, stabilizes the knee. Um, it is a very important structure, and again, as we've learned more about it, uh, it's one of those structures that you shouldn't live without. People do, but it can lead to arthritis. Okay. And so when someone ruptures their ACL, the goal of it is to either reconstruct it or, if possible, even repair it. Um, uh, reconstruction can it, it either take your own tissue um, or you can take cadaver tissue and just basically recreating that ligament. Okay. I remember uh, when he had his done, it was many, many years ago, um, and they took a piece from his thigh. Is that is that what you do? Yeah, so we can take a piece of bone from the, from the patella, from the kneecap, take a little portion of the uh, tendon in between the kneecap and the tibia, and then take another piece of bone from the tibia. And it's called the bone tendon bone reconstruction. And still for athletes, I'd say that's pretty gold standard. Um, it's a very strong reconstruction. Um, it uh, people you know patients recover from it very well. I had one of the players on Rowdies that I uh, unfortunately had to do his reconstruction. It takes a while to rehab, but he's back and he was playing for the Afghan national team. And and wow. so um, you know it's it's certainly uh, a devastating injury, but with the technology again that we have now, about eighty five percent return to their sport. That's see, that's amazing to me, and and I think that is so great for everyone to understand is when you have those types of knee injuries that we're talking about, there's a great chance of great success from it. Whereas in the past, people my age, I'm you know I'm almost sixty years old, and I know back in the seventies and eighties that these surgeries were frowned upon because of like you said the growing pains, and it's not so easy to be through that growing pain uh, stage when you're actually the patient. It's just as difficult, but today, boy, things have changed dramatically. Yeah, yeah it's, I mean, uh, the uh, forefathers of sports medicine can't thank them enough for all their hard work, you know, and, mm-hmm. just, you know, they would stick in the lab and they'd go out in cadavers and test things and test them again, and, and so here we are, so. That's amazing. Well, it's good to see that we've come this far because, you know, that's so important for people. Um, so as far as the ACL, if... If there has to be a reconstruct, do you have to take out what's in there or do you just work with what you have? Most of the time, if you're doing the reconstruction, that ligament is already torn. There's not much there. You just shave it out, uh, give yourself a nice view of where you need to put your graft. And there are some certain uh, landmarks that we use and dimensions. Uh, so it's not just so simple as taking something and putting it in. And you, know, right. you really have to kind of plan it um, individually based per patient. And so... Uh, it's unfortunately when you rupture the ACL usually it's it's you know you can there's, there's really not much left I understand okay all right well let's move around a little bit now this other ligament you had mentioned what are the there, there's the MCL the ACL there's and what a, else do we there's have? a PCL there's a postal lateral corner um, most of those injuries uh, are the most common would be the MCL and uh, most of the time that does not need surgery, depending on which side it is. Uh, just a matter of rehabbing it and uh, letting it heal on its own. Uh, the PCL also, again, most of the time we don't uh, actually reconstruct. Uh, it's a ligament that will stabilize. Um, and then the, if you have combined injuries, unfortunately, as you notice, some football players will occasionally will notice have knee dislocations or a traumatic injury, patients in a car accident has a knee dislocation, those can be devastating and actually can be limb-threatening. So uh, those are very, very serious injuries, and one of the main things that, you know, especially, uh, you know, 
God forbid one of our players has one, it's that's an emergency and, and we take care of it in such a manner. But um, there, there are multiple other ligaments, but again, like I said, the most common is the MCL. Uh, ACLs are, are uh, great procedures and patients are doing very well from them. Great. I remember um, there was a New England Patriots football player in his rookie season who went uh, to Hawaii for the Pro Bowl, Robert Edwards, and he was a running back, and he tore all three. Yeah. And I remember saying, oh, my gosh, this is terrible. You know, this is this poor guy. But they said he almost lost his leg, and you just mentioned that. Correct. And how does that – why is that? Uh, usually it's because when, that, when the knee dislocates, it, it can actually tear the artery behind the knee. Oh. And so uh, that, that is – you know, there's one main artery that runs down the leg, which divides into three. So if it tears above where the, the trifurcation is, you know, it can be it can be devastating. So that's where, you know, medicine is such a beautiful thing where you discuss with your colleagues, vascular surgeons, the ER doctors, the EMS, and the uh, the trainers, and make sure that you take care of that patient immediately. Wow. Yeah, I guess you have to immobilize them and get them right to the surgery center. Yeah. Wow, amazing. Okay, let's move up to the shoulder. Sure. Okay, I know that you've you're you've done many many shoulder surgeries too. Shoulders are shoulders the most mobile joint in the body, and uh, you know we we don't realize exactly how much mobility we get from our shoulders until we injure them. Right. And uh, one of the most common things that we see are rotator cuff injuries. Uh, a lot of patients over the age of fifty have a small tear in the rotator cuff. It doesn't really bother them. Um, but when they do, I mean, it's hard, it's hard to sleep at night. It's hard to lift things over your shoulder height. So um, that's where we, you know, decide the next step. Wow. Okay. So starting with the starting with that uh, rota- rotator cuff surgery, how is that? Is it the same type of arthroscopic surgery that you perform? Yeah. So if uh, we get to the point where a patient does need to have a rotator cuff uh, surgery, it's again, it can be done arthroscopically. It's done through two or three small incisions. Um, one in the front of the shoulder, one on the side, one on the back. Again, we do do this with general anesthesia. Um, and basically, you can look at everything. You look at inside the shoulder joint, looking at the ball, the socket, the labrum, which is a cartilage that surrounds the socket. Uh, you can look at the biceps tendon, look at all the rotator cuff muscles um, and the tendons. And if it's torn, again, through small incision, basically put an anchor in the bone. Um, or you can just use sutures to just tie the tendon back to the bone where it's supposed to be. Wow. So when you're talking about putting an anchor in, that's, you know, I don't know about everybody out there, but to me, I'm like, oh, boy, what's like, an anchor doesn't sound so good. (laughs) And uh, and again, it's just amazing, the technology. These anchors, uh, some of them are metal, um, and you won't feel it. You won't set off any, you know, airport detectors. But uh, That's my next question. (laughs) Most most, uh, surgeons now are using these uh, bioabsorbable anchors, which they're made of a material that becomes bone, and, and the sutures are attached to it. The sutures aren't absorbable, but you won't ever see it on an x-ray. Um, and basically, these little anchors are about 4.5 millimeters to 5.5 millimeters. They go up a little bit bigger in size. So they're, they're small. And the sutures, again, it's a small suture. It's like a number two uh, type suture, which very, very high tensile strength. And then basically just tie the tendon back down to the, to the anchor. Wow. Sounds so easy. God, I should be able to do that. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, 
Well, if I can do it, I'm sure anybody can do it. <laughs> I don't know about that, Doc. <laughs> that's amazing work. Um, so, so that's the labrum. You mentioned the labrum too. Talk a little bit more about the labrum and if you have to fix labrums as well. The labrum is uh, basically this cartilage that surrounds the socket, especially in the shoulder, helps deepen the socket and adds some stability to the shoulder. Um, the shoulder, the socket itself, the glenoid is kind of shallow, so it doesn't have the same concavity that the the socket in the in the hip has. Okay. And so this labrum helps to deepen that and um, slip and fall injuries or falling on your outstretched arm um, they can lead to this labrum tearing. A lot of times we can just rehab the labrum. Um, patient will get their motion back, get their stability back, and most of the time you don't need surgery. But again, as any procedure that we do, we always try conservative management, injections, therapy, um, immobilization and then if that doesn't work over a period of time that's when you think about doing something surgical specifically with the labrum i see okay and is the labrum kind of like akin to the meniscus is it like that it's similar to it yeah that's okay. like a the same type of cartilage that surrounds uh, that's the meniscus the same type of cartilage that you have in the in the labrum so um and then your biceps tendon also attaches to that so one part of the biceps the long head of the biceps and so again, uh, if patients are having a sense of instability or continue to have pain with you know, overhead throwing or overhead activities, uh, we're unable to rehab them. Again, something surgical where we can put some anchors into the bone and, um, and just tie it back to, the, back to where it's supposed to be. Wow. And do you videotape these surgeries ever? We can. Uh, technology, again, this is all done with a uh, video camera and a screen. And so we take lots of pictures. In my, my practice, I take pictures pretty much of every part of the joint. And after surgery, once they come to my office for their post-op visit, I will show them all their pictures. Of course, the pictures are theirs. So we right. just, um, but we go through the whole, you know, what was torn, what looks normal, um, wow. what you can expect. And uh, it, it's, we, we've done videos in the past and handed them to patients. I'll, I'll tell you. Most of the time, a patient will come back and say, yeah, I didn't really watch it. You know, sometimes they don't want to see it because... You know, <laughs> Imagine it's, that, it's, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, I was, the reason that... Now, it, let me ask you, before I get to the video again, as far as the therapy, you guys provide your own um, physical therapy at CSI too, right? Correct. We have a physical therapy department on our second floor, and uh, I'll tell you that they get rave reviews. The, the two girls in our therapy department are fantastic. Sibeli, yeah, Sibeli and Amy. Amy. Oh yeah. my God, they're so good. I've been there yeah. and I've had therapy and I was raving as well. I'm one of the ravers. Yeah. <laughs> That's why you're here. I'm a raver one, you guys. Um, so, so I guess I, and I'll let everybody know. I've got to have a, a right knee replacement, and we're not going to get into why, but I have to have a right knee replacement. Can we videotape that? Uh, you can. Uh, I don't think you want to see it. I would just YouTube it. But It uh, might be cool for people yeah. to see what... I mean, I don't know how many people have actually seen a knee replacement, but it sounds kind of cool if it's not you. But I'm going to sleep yeah. anyway, so I'm yeah. not going to know. Yeah, uh, knee replacements have come a long way also. Uh, we now also have a robot that we use, and so if you have your knee replacement, we'll be using a robot. Um, it's just a robot arm, but it's based off a preoperative plan that I, that we come up with, and... Um, it's uh, basically so we can make these cuts as precise as one millimeter. Wow, and that's done with robotics. Correct, correct. Oh my goodness. All right, well, it's, it's technology I didn't think we were really at yet, but if we're using robotics to do surgeries, really, that's amazing. Yeah, it's, uh, it's exciting times. You know, they're starting to also come out with uh, virtual glasses 
so that you can actually just look in this camera and virtually put your implants on the patient's shoulder without actually putting them in. Wow. And so we're definitely, we're, we're, they are coming out with this stuff faster than you can learn it. Oh my goodness. Okay. As long as you're doing my knee and it's being videotaped, as long as like this robot doesn't go evil on us like yeah. Terminator, if something starts going crazy, I'm okay with it. Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm, whenever you're ready. Absolutely. Okay. So, Doc, in closing, just tell everybody where they can find you and where CSI is, and, and it, that's all. That's what you should do right now because you are the expert in this area. Thank you. The uh, office is Comprehensive Spine Institute. It's at 1988 Gulf to Bay in Clearwater. And, you know, I think one of the beauties of our office is we are, we have everything. You know, we do spine, we do joints, we do fractures. Uh, we have a surgery center uh, located in the parking lot. Um, we do injections, you know, we'll, we can talk to you about stem cell treatments. We can uh, set you up with physical therapy. So we really are a one-stop shop, and, and you're not a number in our office. I mean, I've noticed that. I've you know, noticed that. Uh, patients, you know, if they need to get in touch with me specifically, they'll call the office. doesn't matter what time it is, and, uh, you know, the answering service calls me, and you'll get, you'll get me. You, know, you can't so, beat that. Yeah. You can't beat that. Folks, um, at this point, we're going to move on, but I just want to say thank you for joining us on this episode, and I hope that you learned as much as I've learned, and uh, that way you know if you've got a knee or a shoulder injury or any type of an injury, uh, Dr. Bonsal is here for you. Uh, thank you very much, and we'll be back on the Personal Injury Guru. So today on the Personal Injury Guru, you have learned about what types of injuries you can sustain in an accident, slip and fall, and of course you've heard from Dr. Bonsal who's had many, many surgeries and procedures performed on knees and shoulders. And it was very important for me to talk about this today because I don't think everyone really understood the the technology that is, has come forth and the ease it's been made for all these surgeons to be able to do these surgeries and perform at a much higher level with greater success and of course less infections. And the doc today told you about the types of knee surgeries with meniscus tears and how they can just absolutely go in there and just, you know, with a, with a small device, take out just what needs to be taken out. He also talked a lot about the ACL, the reconstruction. And although there are difficult surgeries to have, not only does he do them, but he's gotten professional athletes back on the field uh, and, and notably one soccer player he mentioned and that's amazing. Um, back when I was growing up, it just simply wasn't the case. And today it is. They can fix just about anything and get you back to where you were. He also talked about the knee replacement, which I'm going to do. And if I have the courage to have it videotaped, I'll put it on one of my shows. Uh, also, we talked about the labrum in the shoulder, rotator cuff tears, and things of that nature. Very important stuff because, folks, when you have these types of problems, do not be afraid to come to the doc. He'll work it out with you. Like he said, conservative first, last resort is surgery. And that's somebody who really cares about his patients and he takes care of people. CSI is a great place, their own surgical center. You just can't beat it. They've got their own therapy upstairs, as he mentioned, and these people take care of all of their patients, which is why I work with them and I've had them perform surgery on me. So um, thank you for joining us. And remember, if you like this, hit like, follow us, 
and certainly subscribe to us. It's very important to do because we're trying to educate people on all these different issues that you might be related in a personal injury case. Uh, you can find me at uh, dpapa at papainjurylaw.com and you can always Google Papa Injury Law and you'll see my website. So if you have any questions that you'd like to bring up or if you have any thoughts for my show in the future and you want to share them with me, please contact me. I'm real easy to talk to. Thank you very much and we will see you back on the Personal Injury Guru Show. Thank you.